This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Welcome to Real Talk on this Tuesday, April 4th. Ryan Jesperson here with John Hicks coming up in just a couple of moments. Uh, Brian Krasenstein will join us. He's uh, been described as one of the superstar brothers of resistance Twitter. Uh, If you're living in Canada and you pay attention to American politics, most certainly if you're living in the U.S., you probably know who the Krasenstein brothers are. They're uh, the founders of uh, of, uh, of of websites and uh, and uh, HillReporter.com among them that have, have told the story of Donald Trump from a resistance perspective since he was elected for a number of years now, and they've gained hundreds of thousands of followers for their investigative journalism and coverage of some of the scandals that have dogged the former president of the United States. Today, obviously a big day. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, you know that in just a few short hours, most especially if you're streaming this live, Donald Trump will surrender to authorities in New York City, in Manhattan, where he will face more than 30 charges uh, relating to hush money paid to adult film star, porn star, Stormy Daniels, leading up to the 2016 presidential election. You'll remember that Michael Cohen, then Trump's lawyer, was sentenced uh, to more than three years in prison for his involvement in those hush money payments. What does this ultimately mean for Donald Trump? Is there a chance that, if convicted, Donald Trump actually goes to jail? And probably the question on the forefront of many, if not most, Americans' minds is what does this mean for Donald Trump's promised 2024 presidential bid? He says that he will mount an aggressive legal defense to this, and he says that he will continue to seek that Republican nomination. Could it happen? What's the likelihood and what does it all mean? That's what we'll endeavor to find out today early in this process. Obviously, the theater around this has been significant. If you were paying attention to American cable news sites yesterday, you saw the follow cams. It was like O.J. Simpson in the white Bronco. You saw the Trump motorcade leaving his Mar-a-Lago, Florida home. You saw the Trump jet departing from Florida and landing at LaGuardia in New York. You saw the motorcade making its way through New York City. Actually, a lot of the cable outlets criticized for their coverage of what they were describing as the unprecedented scenario. And and of course, it is one. Never before has a current or former American president faced criminal charges. There are a lot of other things going on in the United States as well that weren't seeing coverage yesterday. Hey, let's face it. This is a story that people are intrigued by. This is a story that people care about. And so we'll talk to Brian Krasenstein about that in a little bit later on in today's episode. In about 25 minutes, half an hour from now, we'll check in with Emmy Award winning talk radio legend Charles Adler. Get his Canadian common sense perspective on this story. And then, of course, we'll get closer to home. We're going to talk about federal politics with Adler and For sure, I know he wants to talk about provincial politics here in our neck of the woods, our home province of Alberta, where Alberta Premier Danielle Smith is threatening legal action 
against Canada's national broadcaster, against the CBC for its continued reporting of Danielle Smith's conversation on the record. We played you some of it last week with controversial Calgary street preacher, Arthur Pavlovsky, where Danielle Smith talks about the charges that he's facing at that point. He had yet to be tried. This was about a month before his trial back in February, stemming from his involvement, his incitement, so alleged prosecutors in that Coots border blockade. You remember that one? This is when the Ottawa occupation was happening. It's when the border was shut down, uh, not just in Ontario, heading from Windsor down into Detroit, but of course also outside Lethbridge in southern Alberta. That border blockade is the one that led to the RCMP raid. You remember that on the trailers where they found all those weapons? And of course, those charges have been laid as well. Very serious charges. Alberta's premier talking to Pavlovsky about this, telling him that this is something that she's been dedicating almost weekly attention to. The CBC is reporting on it, alleging that the premier has been reaching out to prosecutors. She says that's not the case, and she's refusing to take questions about it. As a matter of fact, Johnny, if you don't mind loading up that video, here's what Alberta's premier had to say uh, just a short time ago in talking to reporters. They're still asking about it. They still have questions for obvious reasons. If you live in Alberta, you probably have questions about it too. But she and her legal team say they're done talking about it, and they've told the CBC that if that story's not taken down, if an apology is not issued by April 28th, they're going to take legal action. Here was Danielle Smith in responding to reporters' questions just a short time ago. As you know, there's been a great deal of inaccurate, misleading, and likely defamatory reporting about my discussions with justice officials regarding amnesty for COVID prosecutions. I have been clear that neither I nor anyone within my staff have contacted any Crown prosecutors, as has been alleged. Indeed, Alberta's Crown Prosecution Service has confirmed this to be true. To continue saying or suggesting otherwise is malicious, as this matter is now likely to be subject of legal defamation proceedings. I will not be commenting about it further as per the advice of counsel. So that's uh, Premier Danielle Smith's position on this. Now, you've had a lot to say about this as well. Real talkers sending us emails in to talk at ryanjesperson.com. We encourage you to keep that coming. There's one here from Russ uh, that jumped out at us. Russ says, uh, I wanted to chime in uh, to my fellow real talkers and to the show about this premier Danielle Smith, Arthur Pavlovsky video. He says, I think that there's an angle here that's just not getting talked about enough. And Russ, that's our wheelhouse. We want to make sure that we're talking about the stories that matter and getting the angles that aren't always being covered with so-called mainstream media, where the stories are short, the clips are short. They don't have the time nor the commitment to go into the more long-form conversations on these stories. Russ says, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing concerns of judicial interference. I'm not dismissing the premier's attempts at threatening a lawsuit you know, to suppress further questions and discussion around this story. I'm talking about her deference to Arthur Pavlovsky. You know, she says in that video, I've been watching your public advocacy for years. I'm very sympathetic, and I'm sorry to hear what they are putting you through. 
Uh, Russ says, let's revisit Pavlovsky, shall we? He says the person that she's deferential to, the person that somehow gets 10 minutes of a premier's time on the phone with a promise for a follow-up, you know, to be a focus of her efforts for, for some homework from the call. Russ says this is a man who's been blaming getting kicked out of his Alberta independence leadership. You remember, he was leader of the Alberta independence political party up until a short time ago, you know, blaming someone who's a transgender person. You know, the man who pushed for the illegal occupation of the Coots border crossing, causing all kinds of harm, leading to severe risk of an armed confrontation with the RCMP. This is the guy who who blamed the flooding down in Calgary back in 2013 on, quote, homosexuals. Russ is right about that. He says this is the man who's used the platform of the love of God to consistently preach hate. This is the character to whom the premier is sympathetic. The so-called advocacy, she says, that she's been keeping an eye on for years. Now, she either shares these views, Russ says, I'm not sure if she does, I'm not saying she does, or she's perfectly willing to accept them in her quest for power, giving them legitimacy from the highest office of our province. He says, either way, this is a stain on that office and the major tell that speaks to her own character. She's willing to choose to be his amplifier for his shitty, hateful street pulpit. Russ says, it reminds me of that quote. When someone tells you who they are, the Maya Angelou quote, believe them the first time. Danielle Smith's not just telling us, she's shouting it. What a load of DS. We see what you did there, Russ. You can respond to Russ's email regardless of where your perspective is on this story by uh, sending us a note. Of course, you can find that, an easy way to contact us on our website, ryanjesperson.com. Or, of course, you can also use our hashtag, RealTalkRJ. That's powered by your friendly local utilities provider. That's our friends at Park Power that want to remind you now as utility costs. Of course, this is a big story. We're going to talk about this with economist Blake Schaefer tomorrow. People are paying more and more to heat their homes, to power their, well, everything. When's the last time you actually compared rates and tried to figure out if you could maybe pay a little bit less? Takes like two seconds at parkpower.ca. And when you inevitably decide to give them your business for electricity, natural gas, and internet, make sure you use that promo code REALTALK23. It's a bundling promo code. So the more business you give them, the more you're going to save. $50 off your first bill for each of electricity, natural gas, and internet with the promo code REALTALK23 at parkpower.ca. Hey, another great way to save money when it comes to the family budget is to visit Friesen.com. Friesen Brothers has been feeding Alberta families for more than 65 years. Alberta grown and Alberta owned. And they've got a great resource on their website. You just go to that flyer drop down link and you check out that family essentials flyer. This is quality food for low prices every day. As a family business started in 1955, Friesen Brothers has always been focused on family, and the flyer reflects that with easy family meal solutions that are healthy, they don't take forever to make, and of course, they're going to keep more money in your pocket. I love some of the recipes on there. Our families tried them out. And if you want to have even less work for yourself, make sure you check out Easter options through Catering by Friesen. You can find all the information on their website. 
Before we get to Brian Krasenstein, I wanted to remind you that every day when you see, if you're watching us on YouTube, this beautiful studio in Mercer Warehouse where we do our show, this is a studio built by Complete Care Restoration. Now, they're in a unique position as our only sponsor that hopes that you never have to give them a call. But if you do encounter a nightmare, fire damage, flood damage, maybe you've discovered mold or asbestos and you need it out of there, make your first call a call to Complete Care Restoration. You can give them a shout at 780-454-0776 or find them online at CompleteCareRestoration.ca. What's easily the biggest news story in the world today? Should it be? I don't know. Let's try to determine that with our next guest. But the fact of the matter is the eyes of America, many eyes here in Canada and, of course, everywhere else are going to be on New York City, where former President Donald Trump will surrender uh, to authorities to face more than 30 charges related to so-called and alleged hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels. Brian Krasenstein, along with his brother Ed, have been covering the Trump presidency and the fallout from it for years. They're, of course, uh, well-followed, millions of followers combined on social media, the founders of HillReporter.com and the so-called superstar brothers of Resistance Twitter. He's making his Real Talk debut from the state of Florida this morning, and it's a pleasure to welcome Brian Krasenstein. Thanks a lot for for making time for us today. I I saw a a video you just tweeted out a short time ago to your nearly 700,000 followers where you said, this is a bad day for America in general. How so? Yeah, well, I I mean the fact that a former president has to be indicted, and it's not just a small indictment. There's 34 felony counts. We're learning if reporting is accurate. It's it's not good for America. It's not good when you have your leader for four years now being indicted of fraud with 34 counts. How are you? You're, you're uh, uh, coming to us live from Florida. I'm assuming you're at your home right now. Uh, this is a, a state, obviously, a strong Republican state. It's a state that the former President Trump calls home. It's a state that's home to and governed by his likely biggest competition in seeking the Republican nomination in Ron DeSantis. Uh, you've told uh, your fans and viewers before that even your circle of friends might be split, maybe 50-50, between Trump supporters and, and those that aren't huge Trump supporters. What are you seeing in your home state right now? What's the vibe that you're picking up on? Yeah, I, I mean, Florida is definitely very Republican. Uh, it didn't used to be this way. Uh, the Probably the last four to eight years, it, it's changed. I think Trump had a big part in that. Uh, overall, most people, most of my neighbors are against this. They're not happy that Trump is being indicted. And they think that it's, it's political persecution, most of them say. But I don't think the facts point to that. Uh, yeah, they can they can claim that he's being indicted because of political purposes. But this has been an ongoing investigation. Uh, we've already seen Trump organization uh, convicted of 17 felony counts. We've seen the people around him, uh, Alan Weisselberg, who was his CFO at Trump organization, convicted and serving sentence a sentence right now in Riker Island in New York. So even though the vast majority of Floridians think that this is political i don't see it that way what do you think ultimately 
the implications are here. Like uh, Trump's promised a, 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 you know, a vociferous legal defense. And we know that if nothing else, there's going to be a ton of theater around this. People quite rightfully, even this morning, wondering, you know, what's this going to look like for the NYPD today? Those were questions that people had for President Joe Biden yesterday. You know, will there be law and order here? Are we going to have a melee on our hands? I would say that nothing's off the table. If you look back at January 6th and, and the way that Trump not just responded to that, but essentially incited it in the first place. What are you expecting to see over the next few days? Yeah, you, you know, I'm I'm optimistic that we're not going to see the violence that we did a couple years ago at the Capitol. I, I, I think that the way this played out uh, kind of is going to lead to less violence. Uh, Trump said that he was going to be indicted two Tuesdays ago. It, it never happened. Uh, I think a lot of wind got out of the sale and then the indictment kind of sprang upon us all uh, kind of unexpectedly. I, I think that the uh, DA's office kind of led us to believe that it was going to be delayed another month or so. So I do think there's going to be people in New York City and Manhattan today uh, protesting. I know Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos and some Republican Congress people are there. Uh, they're going to be uh, protesting. But I think that Trump supporters saw what happened January 6th, a thousand indictments uh, it's led to. I think they're going to be more careful. I, I think that New York has plenty of law enforcement on the ground. I don't expect to see any major violence, and, and I hope I'm right. Yeah, I hope you're right, too. As as your neighbor to the north, uh, you know, it's it's just been wild to see uh, the influence uh, that Trump's had on on tens of millions of supporters, quite frankly. Now, I'm, I don't want to ask you a dumb question in the sense of, you know, is this good for Donald Trump? It's not good to, to face 30 criminal charges. It's not good if he's convicted. It's certainly not good if he's sentenced. But but you know what I mean, right? In the, in the sense of the way that he's been able to torque stories and build support from, from those that have been critical of him or that have sought to take him down. It's only emboldened his base. It's really supercharged his political career. And of course, he wants to be president again. Is there a way that all of this is great for Donald Trump? So I, I think that's a fair question. And I seem to believe that it's good for him within the Republican Party. So I think it increases his chances of getting the nomination for Republicans. But I think in a general election, this is it's not good. Independents aren't going to vote. Well, not all independents. Most independents aren't going to vote for somebody that's under criminal indictment, especially if it's 34 felony counts. Uh, Republicans will, not all Republicans, but between DeSantis and Trump, I think this is helping Trump more than it is DeSantis right now. What do you make of that? I don't, I don't want to get too off track here because of the story today, of course, is is the indictment, the arraignment, the 30 charges, et cetera. You know, him, him surrender himself. Um, but but what are you making of that battle back and forth between DeSantis and Trump? I, let, let me give you full disclosure. I was just on a golf weekend with my friends and and one of them is a Florida Republican. Uh, he, he made the trip in from Florida and, uh, you know, his family are Trump supporters and, uh, and, and, and he's, you know, also a big DeSantis guy. And, and as he talks about it, it's very interesting to see his, his, his discomfort as he recognizes the attacks that his governor is going to face 
from the former president that he has supported in past. What, what are you reading into what the future of that feud looks like and maybe who comes out on top? Yeah, like like right now, I feel that DeSantis is just kind of trying to buy time. He's sitting back waiting. He's, he realizes he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. If he attacks Trump, Trump's base, which he will rely on later, if he has a chance at the nomination, are going to turn on him. And it's it's going to hurt him drastically in, in the future. But if if he doesn't attack Trump, then Trump is actually convicted or is unable to run for some reason, that's going to hurt him as well, because then you have everybody, all the all the independents and Democrats saying, hey, you supported this guy. So I think he's really stuck. And the only thing he can do right now is just wait it out and hope that Trump makes an unforced error and that he can take advantage of it. And I, I think that's what he's doing right now. I want to encourage our viewers and our podcast subscribers to check out your Krasenstein's Democratic Informer. They can find it at Krasenstein.news, and we'll link to it in the show notes here on the podcast and on YouTube. Really interesting piece. Uh, just a few hours ago, you published it, The Hypocrisy of the Lock Her Up Crowd. What does Hillary Clinton have to do with any of this? Yeah, you know, like for years, Trump campaigned on uh, locking Hillary up, his political opponent. And I, I just think it's so ironic that now you have Trump being indicted on all these counts, arraigned today, and he's claiming that it's political in nature. <laughs> it's it's just funny that you had all these Republicans saying that Trump should politicize the DOJ and lock up his opponents. And then when it comes back on him, uh, they're all against it. And this isn't political. I don't see it as political. Uh, whereas what he was doing for years, calling to lock Hillary up, absolutely was political. Uh, Brian, when we welcomed you to the show here, I, I sort of teed this up, you know, saying 30 plus charges relating to alleged hush money payments to adult film star Stormy Daniels. It's, it's a it's a scenario in which Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, was tried and, and, and convicted, sentenced. Uh, oh, no, wait, did he plead guilty? Anyway, he was sentenced. Uh, and uh, and of course, American Media Incorporated AMI as well implicated in this hundred and thirty thousand dollars in in hush money. A am I keeping this assessment of what this is all about to general for, for your Canadian neighbors, for those of us to the north, what are some of the key points that you're really keeping an eye on here? Yeah, I, I, I want to see if it spreads outside of the hush money payments, because I, I mean, over the course of the last few weeks, you've had those on the right saying, oh, this is a nothing burger. If it's big deal, he paid off a, a porn star to hide an affair. Uh, I think it could spill outside of that. And and I don't know. I just see 34 felony counts and I find it hard to believe that there's not going to be more to it. And we'll see. M maybe maybe I'm missing something and it is going to be all related to to what David Pecker did and what what uh, Stormy Daniels did and how he, he paid every all these women off. But. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. And, and of course, later today, we'll know more. And then as this week goes on, we'll know more. And and six months from now, we'll look back and, and, and look back to sort of these early days. It's not the first time. I mean, you know this almost better than anybody. You and your brother have, have I don't know if I want to say built your brand, but you've built an enormous following uh, based on your coverage of 
opposition to Donald Trump. I mean, from the very beginning, before he was elected president, then most certainly through his presidency. What are you seeing on the resistance side? Can I say candidly, people have had their hopes up before, you know, when Mar-a-Lago was raided, when the documents were seized, when everything was happening. Do you sense that there's something different this time? I mean, obviously, charges being laid is huge. But what else about you strikes this as maybe being a little bit different? Yeah, I, I think it shows he's not invincible. I, I think a lot of people viewed him, especially on the left, as this Teflon guy that everything bounces off of. Uh, nothing ever sticks to him. But I think this is the start. I think this is just the first domino to fall. I think we're going to see... Uh, likely indictments out of out of Georgia, Fulton County, as as well as the special counsel uh, who's investigating January 6th and the documents cases. So I think this is will be the first of many. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, I, I don't want to convict him before he's actually charged. But I view this case, this Manhattan case, as probably the one that he should worry about the least out of all the other investigations. Mm. What did you make of the coverage yesterday from the big cable news serve, you know, CNN and the rest of the of the motorcade, you know, the, the, the you know, the Trump jet taking off and landing at LaGuardia and then making its way through the streets of New York. I saw uh, Keith Olbermann was really taking big runs at Jake Tapper. He didn't like how CNN was covering it. What's what's your insight into that? And big picture like this is obviously a huge story. But what do you make of the way that the mainstream media is covering it? Well, yeah, first of all, it, it's definitely helping Trump with his base, uh, with his base. But I don't think it's helping him with anybody else. Uh, I can't blame the media. It's it's their job to cover this. They want to show people what they want. And that's exactly what they're doing. So I, I have a hard time blaming the media for showing all this because it's exactly what the American people and probably the rest of the world want to see. Yeah, no kidding. Well said. Well, listen, I know that there's going to be a lot to talk about. We're going to be keeping in our, our eye on on your continued commentary on this, both you and your brother. And we're really grateful that you made time for Canada this morning, Brian. Thanks a lot for that. Brian Krasenstein joining us live from Florida. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you bet. You can check out hillreporter.com. You can also check out krasenstein.news. And you can give Brian and his brother, Ed, a follow on Twitter. Recommend it. It's uh, a pretty engaging content. Obviously, you know where they stand on it. Uh, they've been clear about that and uh, and have amassed a pretty huge following. Johnny, you're a Florida kid. If you go way back, you know, if, you, if you're, you're a Floridian. Floridian, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what was it? Like, the first, uh, you know, several, several, some formative <clears throat> years of your life as a young fella. Yeah, and I don't want to date myself, but I, I grew up there. Well, not grew up. I was there from 1980 to about 88, 89. So big, if you look at all the big movies from that time (laughs) that were made after, big crime wave. My mom was a nurse in a hospital. There was a lot of uh, drug and violence going on. We were living right in Dade County, which a lot of this was going on. But um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing place. And I'm actually getting to go back to the States probably maybe this summer for a weekend. I got oh, some nice. friends down or some family down in the South. What are you making? So as, as your your roots as a Floridian, I mean, you, you look at the, the power, the Republican power players in that state, including <laughs> Ron DeSantis, yeah. uh, Donald Trump, or you know, some general thoughts on what you're seeing today. Well, and- it's definitely like it's its its own like microcosm. It's like mm. it's like its own little country down in Florida. I'm sure Brian would, would agree yeah. too. like they have they have their own views. They want their own freedom. They want to be, you know, and yeah. they and they're very, uh, like I said, loyal or like Brian said, loyal. Like I think, I think he's absolutely right. Like the majority of people who 
agreed with Trump before, supported him before. I don't think this knocks them off at all. Yeah, I think they think this is witch hunt number two. Sure. Of the same case over and over again, right before we get into, you know, a run for the presidency next year or so. Yeah, well, you see, I mean, if and if you look on, on social media sites, in particular Twitter, Twitter's kind of where, like, the news stuff happens. I mean, there's a little bit on Instagram, TikTok, for sure, but but yesterday it was it was it's like the Trump camp being like this is bullshit and then and then you've got the this sort of the anti-trumpers if you want to call them that I don't think it's necessarily like the Biden supporters I think it's either like you're like for Trump or against Trump in a situation like this mm-hmm. but they're all cheering for him to be locked up forever which probably isn't going to happen you know reading some commentary no. on this and we don't know <laughs> yet like we're, we're there's a lot of speculation here we're we're chewing the fat a little bit but but you know are there chances that that Donald Trump winds up behind bars probably unlikely uh are there chances that donald trump that that this stands in the way of his uh bid to take over the oval office again probably not Mm -hmm. he probably will still so so but there's there's a lot to be determined i had i was mentioning this weekend I want to give a shout out to a couple of the boys. We had we had some really good conversations. You know, we like shout out to my buddy Lundy, you know, the Florida Republican and shout out to my buddy Savvy, the Boston Democrat mm-hmm. and the two of them in the pool. Hey, you thought it couldn't happen. Civil conversation about oh, it, American it politics yeah. involving involving Trump. But this is, you know, whether you like to acknowledge it or not, this this is a big story that'll have a a significant impact mm-hmm. on the political dynamic, not obviously just in Florida and not obviously just with the Republican Party, mm-hmm. but but across the board. My family down in the States, too, they're all right leaning. And I think yeah. we all, we have good conversations. But like, I think the elections, especially the last two times around, they're so close. Right. So I think, you know, even the people who have a problem with some of the things Trump does, they kind of throw it under the rug you know what i mean yeah and uh in regards to this case i think some of them think this works for him right this this helps his 100 like, that's what so, i wanted to ask brian about yeah. it I, I i agree yeah. i think that i mean it's not great if you're convicted and it, no it'd be certainly not great but that's unlikely for like him you said so. if he goes to jail but but absolutely it's great i if think you it can plays for him spin so. the narrative i mean are, are there parallels here? I'm, I'm, I don't want to be too loosey goosey, and we'll talk to Charles Adler about this in just a second. I, I, you don't, you know, it doesn't make sense to com- to parallel these two stories, but it's interesting right now if you look at closer to our home, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith, mm-hmm. and and this this video. It was a phone call of her. It was released on video. Um, uh, reporters, you know, given a bit of a tip uh, last week, about a week ago or so, about this this conversation with this controversial. I hate that I'm calling him this street preacher. He's not, he's not like this guy is not. <laughs> I don't know not, what to call him. Like, like, like you, you grew up with like, if, if anybody that grew up in the faith tradition, you grew up with your pastor that, that most likely, I mean, geez, here's a loaded situation depending on, you know, your, your situation. But, but uh, you know, this is not a guy that's like going out of his way to help people. This is a guy that's blaming natural disasters on the LGBTQ community. This is a guy that's kind of a fire. Like he's, he's not, you know, so I always try to put pastors in air quotes. I'm using my fingers here. Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. Well, and we referred to him as that, but I noticed like even in news stories, nobody's calling him pastor. No, like in the I story, think if you say so. if you say street preacher, it sends a bit of a message because <laughs> yeah. nobody really likes the street. You see preachers. a guy on a box with a bag of yeah. Not a lot of people have problems with pastors, <laughs> but I've got real problems with street preachers. So yeah. does that work out? OK, yeah. but the same sort of a thing with Danielle Smith, where 100%. she's, you know, she this is an unflattering situation for her. it's a tough situation for her. You know, you read um, some of the, you know, to bring this conversation closer to home here, commentary now from from 
can I say, small C conservative pundits Mm -hmm. like Rick Bell, like Rob Breckenridge, they're all acknowledging this is not a good look for Alberta's premier. This is not a good situation for the United Conservatives. But what's she doing? She's threatening she's to sue the it. CBC, yeah. right? She's, tell, she's telling Albertans, we believe that this is a case for defamation unless the story is retracted, which it's not going to be. <laughs> but it works great for it. And like, yeah, you have to investigate wrongdoing like they're doing down in the States with Trump, like they're doing here with Danielle. I know they're not investigating anything yeah. yet. They've kind of gone through it. But, but does it do the opposite? You know what I mean? It can embolden a base. It can embolden a base. And especially if your message is that, you know, a politician or a business leader claiming that they're being unfairly treated, claiming that they're playing, you know, they're being forced to play by a different set of rules, uh, then a story like this can serve them, of course. Justin on our live chat says, Jesperson, why would it be a given that Trump's not convicted? Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's 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 not likely that he's going to serve time. He could definitely be convicted. Uh, he could be fined. He could be placed on probation. We, we don't know yet. We don't even know what the charges look like We're saying like, like behind yet. bars, unlike He's not going to go to no. maximum security prison no. for 14 years. Not and that, it's, I mean, hey. You know, maybe I'll be proven wrong. And and what a story that would be. Uh, Interesting comment here from Alyssa as well, who says, you know, TikTok's where a lot of news is discussed these days. She would say she'd say, I recommend people going to TikTok over regular media outlets. She says that's also why the U.S. is so gung ho to ban it. I don't know about that part. I think that the Chinese involvement in TikTok is probably a bigger story. But Alyssa, you're right. Everybody should that is on TikTok. Follow Real Talk RJ on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny's doing a great job with our account over there. You can also subscribe uh, and follow Real Talk on Instagram. Same handle, Real Talk RJ. And of course, you know, you can find us on Twitter as well. Charles Adler's coming up in less than two minutes. This conversation is presented by our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. I'm talking about the locations uh, in Edmonton, Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and in Sherwood Park. They just revamped it. It's a beautiful location on Baseline Road. Uh, Michael Lieber, who owns that one, told me it's one of the five busiest DQs in the country. What? Unbelievable stuff. And they are earning the return business of their loyal customers for good reason. Because they're helping people celebrate the big days in their lives with DQ cakes. And, of course, a lot of other options as well. The Blizzard cake. You got the treats of pizza. And don't forget the signature stack burgers if you're looking to sink your teeth into a nice filling lunch or dinner without doing all the work. The best part about the DQ cakes, any occasion is a happy occasion and it's happiness however you want it. If you're in a hurry, you can pick up a ready-made DQ cake or a DQ Blizzard cake at many of the participating stores. And if it's a special occasion, you can call ahead for a custom cake. You can find all the details by visiting our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Hey, it's getting warmer here. It's getting warmer in our home province. And, of course, that means people are going to start thinking about spending more time outside in their own special spaces, front yards, backyards. But is it ready for you? Are you ready to host the family or your best friends this summer? Or does it maybe need an overhaul? Enter Eden Landscaping. They bring outdoor spaces to life. And if you're one of these people, these unfortunate souls, just like us, just like our family that's dealing with a stubborn or persistent issue, in our case, it's drainage in our backyard. Anytime we get a a big, heavy rain, it's just an absolute mess back there. Mike and his team at Eden Landscaping pride themselves on being 
problem solvers. That's right. If you have a construction problem that needs to be fixed, maybe it's a retaining wall, maybe it's some seepage, go ahead and visit landscapeedmonton.ca today to get the ball rolling on a conversation with Eden Landscaping. If you're a professional engineer or a technologist in Canada or beyond, and you're looking for a change of pace, you don't feel appreciated at your workplace, you're not even happy or inspired by the work you're doing, you're looking to reach your professional potential, Apex Automation is hiring. This is a company that's tripled the size of its team over the past few years. Why? Because they are leading the charge on automation projects across the country and into the U.S., You can find them online at apexautomation.ca. Learn more about the projects they're carrying out, what they're doing in engineering and fabrication and automation. Really cool stuff like control rooms and autonomous vehicles. They're working in thermal heavy oil. They're working in mining. They're working in electricity generation, in chemical facilities. And of course, they're doing so much more as well. I always like to mention they're working in brewing that's right they're keeping canada's brewers automated and efficient you can learn more about the careers available today at apexautomation.ca and a shout out to our friends at local environmental services what a trash talk just this past week it was on thursday those are my favorites of all time people just lighten the fuse and letting them rip trash talk is presented every single week right here on real talk by our friends at local environmental services Of course, across Alberta and Saskatchewan, they're encouraging you to keep it local. You can learn more about what they do, including their story as a family-owned business. It is totally different doing business with local than some of the big guys. They believe that communities deserve better. That's why local owners live, work, and raise their families in markets the company serves. You can learn more today at localenvironmental.ca. Well, I've described it as the biggest story in the world today. Donald Trump surrendering to authorities to face more than 30 charges. Let's see if our next guest agrees. He's been bringing his brand of Canadian common sense to stories that matter for decades. And he joins us on our first show every single week. It's Emmy Award winning talk radio legend Charles Adler. How the hell are you, you, pal? To you, my friend. To you. (laughs) Is that a glass of wine? Uh, it looks like a glass of wine and that's what matters because <laughs> <laughs> this is in an, this I, I'm told I'm told by experts. Okay. I, I know that a, a, a great guy years ago, one day you'll, you'll interview him. Uh, his name is, is Tom. Okay? okay. And he does stuff for the Atlantic and he's a former professor and he's written a number of books. One of the books was death of expertise. Yeah. Right? I and, know. uh, for, for people who still read, <laughs> I have to say for people who still read because I keep seeing the stats every day. Fewer and fewer people are, are reading. I mean, they're reading Twitter. They're reading Instagram, but they're not reading books. Yeah. But if you ever want to read a book uh, about what's going on today, it was written a few years ago, but it's uh, it's very current and it'll be current for a very long time. It's called The Death of Expertise. Essentially, if I have to just boil it down to 15 seconds, and I'm, I'm told that I have the talent to do that, Ryan, <laughs> in 15 seconds or less, the death of expertise is is about the death of knowledge. It's about the death of curiosity, and it's about the death of real talk, which is one of the reasons I love being on this show, whether it's Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It doesn't matter. I'll do it at 2 o'clock in the morning because I am starved, as Canadians are, for real talk. Well done. Well, we're grateful to have you here. Now, 
a veteran interviewer must sometimes circle back when they don't get the answer they're looking for. <laughs> so if it's not Merlot, what's in your glass? It is Diet Coke. Okay, okay, okay. I bought I bought 32 cans the other day, and I think I've still got two. Poison. <laughs> 32 cans. Drinking poison. Johnny's always Johnny's always on me because I'm big on the Coke Zeros, Chuck. And and Johnny and I were we're we're trying to get on the health train together, but Mm -hmm. but Johnny's already punched his ticket and I'm still standing in the vestibule. Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of family business, and the family I admire most is the Costco family. And that's where I got 32 of these 32 of these suckers. I think for $14.25, something like that. Sue me if I'm a Danielle Smith, sue me if oh, I'm no. out by five or ten cents. No, don't don't sue start me. In, don't start inviting her to sue you because she's looking <laughs> to sue somebody right now. We'll we'll talk about that in just a second. But do you do you, right. do you agree with my assessment? Is is the Donald Trump uh, appearing in Manhattan today story the biggest story in the world today, or at least it's going to be treated like that? Oh yeah, I mean he's the former leader of of the free world. Uh, he's a former. Uh, president, I know that he diminishes himself, and his fans diminish him in in, in many ways. But he is still a, one of the, the one of the things I wonder about is if they ever do put him in an orange jumpsuit, will they have to <laughs> will they have to put some Secret Service people in orange jumpsuits as well? Because one of the one of the great perks of being a president, a former president, is you get Secret Service security protection for life. So I, I don't I don't know whether they can actually you know put them in solitary ever because they'd have to have at least one secret service person with them and of course if they put them in the general population that could be a real problem but in any case it's just one of the one of the many things I wonder about by the way people keep talking about the the Stormy Daniels thing I understand uh, you know porn star while his wife is pregnant I mean it's, it's a great story whether you call it a tabloid story or anything else. But there are so many things that he is charged with. He's got 35 counts, 30 to 35 in the one he's charged in today. But there are three other like major cases. One, of course, involves an insurrection. That's not a very small thing, you know, trying to overthrow the government of your own country. Okay, so one is about the insurrection. Another is about the uh, papers uh, that were found on him, where there could be an obstruction of justice charge coming as well because of what he claimed he did and didn't do and blah, 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 blah at Mar-a-Lago, and then, of course, you've got a couple of other big ones as well. One of them will be charged in Atlanta. That that indictment, series of indictments uh, could come down in just a, a little while, yeah. and that, of course, has to do with him trying to fix the election, also not a small thing. So it's not just about the porn star. I agree with you, and, the, and, and actually, to be honest, and, and uh, you know, I guess what I'm about to say here could be taken out of context, and but nobody actually cares about the Stormy Daniels stuff. Like, like I'm, I, I'm sure that Melania cares about it, and yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and, and I'm sure that, that, that you know a, a lot of people that are that are obviously sort of you know would like to see more strident commitments to morality and ethics from elected officials and and mm-hmm. people generally speaking are bothered by that story. But you're so right. I mean, you know, the the the, the incitement of violence and insurrection. Uh, a couple of years ago on January 6th is so much worse. I mean, the, you know, you, you saw, I don't know, I'm sure that you saw the clip. I don't have it right now, but but Trump talking to Sean Hannity just the other day, Hannity's going, he's handing it to, he's, he's, he's sort of trying to help him. And on the silver platter, he says, I know you're not, you know, President, you're, you're not obviously just taking documents. And, and Trump says, yeah, 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 no, I can take them. And, and Hannity goes, well, no, I go, Hannity goes, no, I'm going to move on. And Trump goes, no, 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 I can take it. I mean, these are the bigger stories. I mean, it, it's so it's so embarrassing. I mean, there's Hannity trying to 
I'll, I'll, I'll use relatively polite language, even though I can do more because it's a podcast, but massage. I'll just use the term massage, okay? That Hannity is massaging him, okay? And he doesn't want to be massaged, okay? Hannity is trying to, you know, diminish what this important case is all about as far as uh, stealing of documents. And Trump is proud of what he's done. He's proud of being indicted. He's proud of all of these counts. He's proud of, uh, you know, he just, he's just, he, he likes being notorious. He likes being the bad guy. And of course, he gets massaged by his many fans and his many donors. And I think, by the way, just the story that we're talking about right now, that the fact that he would be officially indicted today, uh, which came out, uh, you know, not not long ago, for three four days ago, was where we knew that this would actually be happening today. Uh, he's raised twenty five million dollars on this story since then. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, this is a cash cow. I don't use that term because the Jesperson family, for several generations, has been involved in dairy. Yeah, they've got but it, it is it's just a, a massive cash cow. I mean, he's a yanking on the udder. I know that we have machines doing that now, but you know. Humor me. He's yanking on that udder all day long, every day. And and I just like we were just talking about this with Brian Krasenstein. The the thing for me uh, that'll blow my mind. And this is again, this is what shows like this can do. We're we're speculating. We're shooting the shit. This is how people talk over coffees or beers. This is just us. This is us just chatting. But let's say, I mean, you know, you you think of any other political candidate. Like I mean, almost literally any other political candidate. And I'm talking in in Western democracies. I'm not talking about China and Russia or. Iran. It's different there. <laughs> democracy. You, but you think we'll just, we'll just stay with democracy. We still have a percentage of the planet. We'll stick. Yeah. I mean, for now, yeah. for now, yeah. we're yeah. doing all right yeah. with democracy. But but yeah. uh, we shouldn't laugh because in five years from now, we will maybe ch- sing a different tune. But don't don't know. ever say we shouldn't laugh, because if, if you lose your sense of humor, it's all over. Beautifully okay? said. Uh, Wh- whatever I we candidate. people in, in different walks of life right now, uh, suffering from different infirmities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you do, do not lose your sense of humor. And the way to do that is do not engage too many humorless people. Mm. Humorless people will bring you down. Beautifully said. It's just back-to-back jacks from the sage here, the titan of talk, Charles Adler. But to make my point, can you think of a single other political candidate that could be turning themselves in, facing more than 30 charges, and be collecting boatloads of cash and likely still be the front runner, not even likely, is the front runner to be the Republican nominee for president. And it is not. I mean, Krasenstein said, he goes, I don't know what this is going to do with the independent vote. He says it's not going to be flattering for Trump on the independent vote. But this actually could. I mean, I'm just saying it could win him the next election. I don't think there's any other politician on planet Earth that can game the system like this guy is, or let me just at least say, torque the potential turbocharged elements. This won't win him the election. This will win him the Republican nomination. Yeah. But frankly, uh, when you've been, if, 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 if you know, we, they get three or four convictions on them, uh, you know, in Atlanta, in Washington, in New York, if they get, get all this, this stuff on them, uh, I mean, if, if, if it keeps him out of jail because he's running for president, whatever, they may put him in jail after the election if he loses. 
But frankly, when you do look at the data coming from people who are independent, remember the way the way the American pie works, it's it's, it's simple. A third, rel- relatively speaking, roughly speaking, a third are, are Republican, registered Republican, a third registered Democrat, and a third are registered unenrolled or independent. So independents are always the ones who uh, decide the day. And overwhelmingly, the independents do not want a person with Donald Trump's baggage. And I'm not talking about just Stormy. I'm talking about all of this, okay? They do not want a person who is being charged, is being convicted, et cetera, et cetera, is involved this heavily in the in the judicial system. The overwhelming number of independents don't want that. So as long as Joe Biden doesn't embarrass himself, as long as as long as he doesn't, you know, piss his pants or something, uh, Joe Biden will be the president, whether you know people like it or not. And I realize that we've got people uh, watching this podcast, listening, who are. are great fans of Fox, despite the fact that it's now on the record that, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Fox hosts lie because they don't want to lose their numbers. Um, the people who watch Fox can't believe that, that Joe Biden would ever be uh, reelected. But as I say, unless he embarrasses himself, he will be if the Republicans embarrass themselves and, and nominate Donald Trump. And everything that we're talking about right now helps Donald Trump win the Republican nomination. Sharon's wondering in our live chat, will Trump take the stand on his own behalf? I cannot imagine that he would not. Uh, There's not a microphone that he's ever seen that he hasn't loved to step in front of. He'll be offering comments. By the time that most real talkers will hear this, he will already have offered those comments quite likely uh, from his Mar-a-Lago home. He'll be returning to Florida. The expectation is later today, uh, later Tuesday, after he uh, speaks to these charges, after he appears. and, uh, And so we'll see. But I can't imagine that Donald Trump would not take the stand despite whatever his lawyers may tell him this is a guy he's a completely different animal i don't think he'll take the stand because uh the record shows in in recent years when he is involved in legal proceedings he does follow his his lawyer's advice uh so i don't think that he'll be uh, taking the stand i think what he'll do is uh, maximize uh, his opportunities for exposure Elsewhere, right? And the elsewhere in, in most cases will be Mar-a-Lago. I'm told he's flying back to Mar-a-Lago right after this relatively short uh, proceeding in, in Manhattan and uh, in Mar-a-Lago uh, tonight. And the networks will have that uh, live. He'll talk and I don't know whether he'll go, uh, you know, f- the, the full Castro, you know, three hours or whatever. But uh, he, and, and they may cut him off. The networks may cut him off after half an hour, an hour. But he will be delivering an address to the nation tonight from Florida. Uh, Chuck, let's talk about politics closer to home, closer to our home anyway. Uh, Alberta's Premier Danielle Smith, we, we played the clip earlier. You want to actually lock that, uh, load that up again, Johnny? We'll, we'll maybe, maybe just uh, play this. Danielle Smith uh, basically says that she's not going to be taking... Um, She's not going to be taking questions from reporters, which which doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to keep asking them. Yeah. Uh, but she's threatening to sue uh, the CBC for defamation if the CBC does not retract its story. She wants all evidence, you know, all promotion of the story, including on social media, deleted. And she wants an apology uh, from the CBC before April 28th. She says she's suing uh, CBC executives say they stand by their reporting. In other words, uh, they're telling her they're they're not going to be doing what she's demanding, which could lead to a very interesting scenario alberta's premier suing the cbc uh which also probably you want to talk about legal situations or scenarios that can be torqued by politicians for their benefit this would be one of them here's what daniel smith had to say to persistent reporters just a short time ago as you know there's been a great deal of inaccurate misleading and likely defamatory reporting about my discussions with justice officials regarding 
amnesty for COVID prosecutions. I have been clear that neither I nor anyone within my staff have contacted any Crown prosecutors as has been alleged. Indeed, Alberta's Crown Prosecution Service has confirmed this to be true. To continue saying or suggesting otherwise is malicious, as this matter is now likely to be subject of legal defamation proceedings. I will not be commenting about it further as per the advice of counsel on the matter. Okay, so that's Alberta's Premier just a short time ago. Over to you, Chuck. Let's, let's just talk about process for, for a moment. I, I don't want to bore people, but, you know, we are talking about the justice system. We are talking about process. Uh, this isn't the government of Alberta suing um, CBC. This is Danielle Smith suing CBC. Yeah, Danielle Smith is the premier, and she's using government resources. So people may object to government resources being spent on this. But putting all of that aside, if she actually goes ahead with a, a suit, which she hasn't, she's threatening. But if she actually goes ahead, she has to go into a discovery process. Ryan, do you want me to spend much time on, on discovery? Let's get into what, it. What, I think that that's what, uh, that's what people want from Real Talk. Okay. It's what they want from our conversations. It's right, like, well, what are the discovery, details that matter? Well, I, I've, been, I've been in discovery. I don't know if you've been in discovery, Ryan. Many people who are watching or listening to this, this have been. And uh, you and, and your lawyer uh, go up against uh, the other person and the other person's lawyer. So Danielle Smith would actually have to show up because this is about her. She says it's not about her, but it's, it's only about her. And uh, she's got to sit there uh, with her lawyer. And uh, the other lawyer, in this case, the CBC lawyer, gets a chance to ask Danielle Smith, because it's discovery, by the way, there are no rules. They can ask her anything they like, anything that even remotely resembles what we are, are talking about here, because it's the discovery process, which is much more open than the public court process where lawyers can object and, 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 and judges can uh, offer to affirm or, or deny their, their objections. So the CBC lawyer gets, you know, 50, 100, 200 free throws at Danielle Smith, and it does get recorded. Does Danielle Smith want to go through discovery? I would bet everyone's ranch in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta, okay, every ranch on the prairie, I'll bet all of them that Danielle Smith never wants to go into discovery with a CBC lawyer. This, the, the threat of defamation is one thing if you're suing somebody or threatening to sue somebody that can be easily influenced or somebody that doesn't have existing legal representation on retainer or somebody that doesn't have deep pockets or somebody that doesn't have the journalistic or editorial experience to already vet stories before they're released forecasting or looking ahead into the likely or possible scenario that they could be sued. This is different than threatening to sue a podcaster or threatening to sue a blogger, which has happened in the past by politicians. This is a completely different situation going head to head against the CBC, and they're not flinching one bit, which I think could make this an interesting standoff because Danielle Smith or her team has put a date out there, Charles. They say April 28th. If they don't get what they want, they're moving ahead. Yeah. She's put herself on the clock. Well, she's uh, siding with the street preacher. That's on video and audio. The street preacher is a homophobe. He's many other things, uh, but he's a, he's a homophobe. He tries to turn every single situation into one in which he can slam members of the LGBT community. How many questions does Danielle Smith want to answer? Because she's on videotape saying that she has watched him for years and admires, admires his public advocacy. How many questions does Danielle Smith want to answer in discovery 
with a CBC lawyer, in her opinion, badgering her, but with a CBC lawyer asking all kinds of questions about why it is that Danielle Smith admires a homophobe as much as she does. Does she really want to go through that? How bad of a story do you think this is for the United Conservatives approximately two months out from an election? I think it's a horrible story because ultimately, ultimately, conservatives do want to vote for someone who's conservative. Danielle Smith, with this story, regardless of what she's saying about the law and how she's not answering questions, et cetera, et cetera, regardless of how much she 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 tries to, I guess, believe that she can control her fate and control the story. Conservatives don't see her as a conservative. Yes, I realize that some do, but many others see her as a radical. Many others see her as a loose cannon. Many others see her as unstable. What is it about loose and unstable and disorganized and chaotic? Which one of those virtues, uh, Ryan Jesperson, would you call conservative virtues and conservative values? Mm. The thing, you know, we read an email from a, a real talker by the name of Russ, uh, Chuck, you know, virtually out of the gates today. Uh, and, uh, and and Russ was just talking about, he, he said, you know, the comment from the premier and, and you know, people that haven't uh, heard that video, you can go back to our episodes last week and you'll be able to hear some of this conversation with Alberta's premier, Alberta's sitting premier talking to a guy. This is a month before uh, his trial um, and, and, and as you mentioned, talking about she's been watching his public advocacy for years. She says, she says, give me time on this. She says, I'm going to take another look at this. Give you, would you give me some time on this? Um, I asked the, uh, you know, I made the observation last week. I mean, it's, you sort of, it almost comes across. It almost seems like she's working for him. And yeah. Russ is talking, Russ is almost saying, uh, it's not about Danielle Smith. It's about Arthur Pavlovsky. And, 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 it, and it's about this, this almost admiration for him where I think you get the average person that'll vote conservative because you know they perceive themselves that that party uh, based on their personal values to be a little bit more business friendly or a little bit more co you know committed to small that's government. why that's why it's i voted that's case, why i voted right? for the pcs that's why i voted for the pcs when i was in alberta because yeah. i'm a small business family business you know everything everything i talk about i mean i can't i can't talk about anything for more than 30 or 60 seconds without talking about entrepreneurs and small business another reason why pardon me for stroking here but it's just a fact this is the most small business friendly podcast in North America, which is one of the reasons yep. I'm proud to to be on it. And and someday I have no doubt that this particular segment that we're doing right now will have a sponsor, a flagship sponsor, an Alberta-based sponsor like love that but idea. The point, the, but, the, but the point of the point of the point is that conservatives naturally vote for a party called the United Conservative Party. But when the United Conservative Party becomes the United Crazies Party. And this has been a problem that Danielle Smith has had for a long time. She has said it in her own way. I just don't have the exact quote handy. Maybe you do, Ryan. She has uh, said that she's, she doesn't have uh, the right GPS, the right compass, uh, the right uh, radar for crazies. Her, her crazy compass, if you will, isn't wonderful. And so she gets attracted to these, and I'll be polite here, these eccentric people. And her attraction to eccentricity and uh, marginal and uh, and and people like the street preacher, her attraction to people like that gets her into trouble over and over and over again. And once again, to peel this back to what's considered conservative, none of that, none of it is considered conservative. 
You can catch Charles Adler weekly here on Real Talk, typically on Mondays, unless we don't do a show on Monday, in which case you'll hear him <laughs> on Tuesdays like you are today. It's always our pleasure, Chuck. Uh, what are we doing here? Are we gonna, we're going to make this a week. On behalf of like the this. angel over my shoulder. <laughs> You always refer to it, but um, let's face it, some of what we do here is visual, and unless people can see it, um, so I, just on behalf of the angel over my shoulder, thank you so much for everything uh, that you do young. for Canadians, Americans, and people all over the world who listen to Real Talk every single day. Love you, buddy. We'll talk to you again in a week. That's Charles Adler. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Charles Adler, and of course, he'll be back here on Real Talk next Tuesday, of course, because we will observe, as I said in my weekly email that went out to our subscribers, it's free to get to. You go to ryanjesperson.com, scroll to the bottom of the page. You can subscribe to our weekly email there. It gives you some insights into some of the highlights in recent episodes, what's coming up in future episodes, and, and sometimes some perks. And uh, mentioned as well, of course, that as we observe the Easter stat holidays on Friday and Monday, uh, you'll hear Charles Adler again here on Real Talk a week from today. That's next Tuesday. Now, every week, the first episode of the week, our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy give us an opportunity to, to despite the, the wind storms going on around us in the news cycle, despite some of the, the stories that, that maybe knock us down a little bit or act as a bit of a gut punch or have us questioning everything that's happening around us, a chance to find those silver linings, a chance to restore our faith in humanity. Presented by Kubi Renewable Energy, it's a tradition we call positive reflections. And I am so excited to read this message received to our email inbox. That's talk at ryanjesperson.com by Real Talker Garth. And Garth, the minute we received this, we knew exactly when we were going to read it to your fellow Real Talkers. It was here in Positive Reflections because you have made our day with what you shared with us. Garth said, you know, I started listening to Real Talk in podcast form last October. And Garth says, now I never miss an episode because I find it to be very engaging and it keeps me informed while also giving me a deeper sense of connection to my province and my country. He says, I go through a range of emotions while listening to you, Ryan, and sometimes I'm angry at the way that you present certain political issues, but I respect what you do. Thanks, Garth. He says, however, two shows recently have brought me to tears and have infused even more respect into what you're doing with the show through this platform. The respect and honor that you showed those fallen Edmonton police officers as well as welcoming that kid into studio, the one that, that survived that cougar attack near Rocky Mountain House. Garth says, as a father of two young kids, I appreciated the way that your show got down on, on one knee and looked him in the eye and truly paid attention to that little kid. Garth, I can't thank you enough for that. But Johnny, here's the real beauty of this email. Garth says, real talk has inspired my family to help another family with their grocery bill wow. once a month. He says, Real Talk transmits a bond. It creates connections. And it has prompted me to slow down and look and truly listen to the people all around me. And for that, I say thank you. That from Garth. What? I'm keeping this printed off email in my desk drawer, Garth. And every time I'm having one of those lousy, cloudy days... And I open up my drawer to pick up a new pen 
or something like that. I'm going to lay eyes on that. And your words are going to remind me and Johnny why we do what we do. A shout out to our team behind the scenes that makes this all possible as well. Garth, you've reminded us that there's nothing really more important when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to interviews, when it comes to insight on things that matter than the impact that it has on our audience and the people that are joining our audience, more and more of them every single week. For that, we thank you. Keep us posted, Garth, on how this grocery thing goes and let us know about the impact that it's having on your friends. And if to the rest of you Real Talkers, Garth's email has lit a fire under you, has inspired you to take action, we would love to hear about it. Every single week, there's an opportunity for us to share a story from within or outside our listening or viewing audience. Thanks to our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy, you can get a free solar quote today by visiting kubienergy.ca. Speaking of cost of living and speaking of families, how about this electricity rate cap that's being lifted? It's saying it's going to cost Albertans $200 million, and it's being said that it's going to hurt the lower income earners the most. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to ask economist Blake Schaefer about that. He's also been doing a ton of research, unrelated, on electric vehicles and the electricity grid and whether or not we're even going to be able to handle an uptick in EV activity. Blake Schaefer will join us tomorrow to talk about it. And we're also going to talk to a filmmaker who's got a, he's got a new documentary out called Bug Sex. Yeah, that's right. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, yeah. Just wait till you see the visuals. <laughs> yeah, we're going to literally talk about bugs. <laughs> wow. Fucking. <laughs> of course they do. How else do you think they reproduce? But like, what do we know about it? And what prompted a guy to make a film about it? We're going to get into that on Wednesday's Real Talk. Yeah, wild. We know. We hope you'll join us then. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Executive producer, Josh Dunford. Technical producer, John Hicks. General manager, Katie Cook-Chivers. Account coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human resources, Lena Shepard. Website design, Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.